Recording in progress. Don't get don't get nervous. Just don't fuck it up. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> trying to start recording. Uh Matt, you want you want to lay down the intro for us today? No. Okay, I'll do it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited to be recording a podcast. Welcome to the mediocre foiling podcast. I'm Nick. Uh, I'm, I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Matt. Matt, where are you today? I'm in a far corner of a big warehouse in the Old Navy Yard. Um, one of these huge warehouses that we're working in now, just tucked in the corner. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm in my backyard on my porch. Uh, I don't have any neighbors doing lawn work yet, so it's nice and quiet. But uh, I, I don't know. So, somebody might ruin our recording here uh, whenever, so we'll see. <laughs> it could be me. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're joined by our uh, fantastic guest, Mike. Uh, Mike, say hey. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, we're, we're super stoked to have Mike on. Mike is a grade A fixture at our foil spot and uh take, taking things in a different direction today get, getting some kite foil content gotta tap that lucrative kite foiling <laughs> demographic <laughs> with a podcast gotta <laughs> increase that viewership so uh yeah we're stoked to have you mike thank you yeah thanks man excited to be here yeah we're super stoked thanks for coming mike i gotta say you're probably the one guy that makes me almost want to kite foil so you're that good and stylish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For for those listeners who aren't at our spot on the regular, um, Mike is a kite foiler, and he has like just like the smoothest, most buttery style, um, and really makes me consider going back to kite foiling, especially on those Southwest days, because Mike, you do that like upwind into the inlet like type riding that i do right um and i don't think i don't think there's any advantage to being on the wing for that so i i don't know you make it look really good yeah high praise high praise man oh thanks i i just dropped out for a second there but i'm back in now cool we were just high praise oh yeah (laughs) It, it was pretty good but I don't know no, if we I... can repeat it, honestly. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard I, 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 you'll have to wait for the podcast to come out. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're stoked to have you, man. So what are we supposed yeah. to talk about? Um, maybe let's hear some of your story. I've, I only know bits and pieces sure. of it. Let's hear like where you come from, what your parents did. Yada, yada, yeah. yada. Uh, yeah. I mean, I grew up in uh, central Florida, kind of southwest Orlando. Um, that's big water skiing territory when I was growing up. Um, you know, we kind of did the whole progression from two skis to one ski to kneeboard to stand up on the kneeboard to scurfer. And <laughs> nice. Then, then finally to the actual kind of twin tip wakeboard and then lots of skateboarding. So that's kind of my true background is really wakeboarding and skateboarding. And then. As I got older, kind of 15, 16, we started surfing because Coco was probably, you know, an hour and a half away. Didn't get over there as much until we had friends that could drive. And once surfing kind of, once surfing kind of came into the scene, everything went out. (laughs) That was, that was the single focus. (laughs) And that kind of lasted for 
10, 20 years through nice. college, went to University of North Florida, left UF because it was too far from the beach, went over to Jacksonville, UNF, and that was a lot of fun. Went, went there with my brother. My brother's kind of always been a skate partner, surf partner, um, and all those things. Um, and then after that, kind of left, finished college and went to Australia for a year, surfing and picking grapes and doing odd jobs. And yeah, kind of from there, I've kind of still been trying to figure out what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> figure out what you're going to do when you grow up. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of working on that, but trying lots of different things along the way. Yeah, um, well, but I yeah. feel like life in Charleston, you've adapted with foiling. Didn't you live um, in the Pacific somewhere, too? Did, did yeah, you live in Guam? Lived in Guam for four years. Both my kids were born in Guam. Uh, my wife was in the Air Force. I kind of been following her around the world. Um, yeah, Guam was cool. Spent a lot of time in Guam, kind of raising the kids the first four years there, but uh, also lots of time in the water. Really good surf, really good wind. Yeah, Guam was Guam was fun <laughs> for, nice. for a big guy like me. You know, kind of growing up in Florida on small waves. You know, you kind of learn how to generate your own power and speed and energy. But that was hard as a big guy. You know, I, early '90s was when we got into surfing and you know trying to ride like Slater's boards that were you know 17 and three quarter wide and inch and a quarter <laughs> thick or something. Yeah didn't work out for guys like me it was really tough that was brutal I, you know the fish thing didn't kind of come in till whenever that was 2000s i think early 2000s maybe right so, so it's like yeah go ahead so 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 when did you get into kiting kiting was in charleston so i moved to charleston in 07 the first time yeah and i i kind of probably didn't really get into kiting until like 09 something like that yeah. and that was pure you know twin tip yeah yeah pure desperation there yeah. probably right some way to get in just the water. something to do yeah yeah coming coming in and i mean the surf is fairly similar to florida so it kind of wasn't you know it's was probably longboarding a fair bit more than especially around here um but yeah the kite was great twin tip was fun that felt like wakeboarding flew a lot of um, my dad's from portland so we Spent a lot of time out in Cannon Beach in Oregon. Oh, nice. Um, it's just flying out there. stunt kites. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. it's a cool. So as a kid, we flew stunt kites. So between that and wakeboarding, I mean, that's kiting right there. That's yeah. the two ingredients. Um, and I've done a little bit of sailing, too. So I kind of understood tacks and jives and things. But yeah, that was fun. And then it was that first day when you're like, man, can I step on a surfboard with this kite? Like, do I need straps and all that? And it, that kind of just worked. And then that was that was truly what I was into all through yeah. that all through that period. Yeah, just kite kiting on a surfboard, all that. Yeah. And then went I, out to Guam from that. I feel like 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 two thousand nine or around that time, I feel like that's like right when kiteboarding just started to get like a little bit more civilized, like like, yeah. the, like like the equipment started to get like reliable you could relaunch right. the kites <laughs> right right yeah it's... my friend yeah my friend was in it in like early 2000s when you just strapped in and prayed and we never got into that that's my friend jake that actually went to australia with us at one time but 
that was sketchy. I mean, there was no like release or nothing. You just kind of plugged into the kite and, you know, cross your fingers. You wouldn't die basically. Yeah. But yeah. 909, 010, it got a lot. I think the kites got a lot more user friendly and, and all that, but. Yeah. So that, I, yeah. I, I tried to learn kiteboarding in like 2007 and it did not stick. And then I tried yeah. again in 2010. It was very easy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's just the kites. Yeah, sure. yeah. It, it all, it all got pretty good around then. So you yeah. started kiting when you were here, and then you went to Guam for your mm-hmm. stint. So how was it there? Yeah. Like riding us, like you were riding strapless or strapped or what? Oh, uh, both. I mean, because there's inside the reef, they have like a fringing reef around the whole island there. Uh-huh. Um. So, like, inside the reef, you're just on a twin tip. Or I, I kind of got into making boards, but it's basically like a twin tip with no fins. I'd ride that inside the reef. And then, you know, we had certain places where you could go outside the reef. And, yeah, you're just on a strapless surfboard. And, you know, that's where you could have the really, the really magical days with, you know, head high overhead surf with wind out on the reef there. Nice. <clears throat> Any nice. company? Many guys kiting at that point? There there was a, definitely a crew there. There wasn't that many guys going out on the reefs. And I wasn't really doing that a whole lot myself, probably two or three times. Um, but there was, there was also a, a really big legacy um, sailboarding crew there. Like still lots of guys sailboarding because there's just lots of wind. You know, they had the trade winds. It's like 20 knots every day for yeah. six months, kind of all day long. So kind of like Maui a little bit, but not quite as intense. But a lot of Hawaiians kind of expats came over to Guam. Gotcha. For kind of a little bit less crowded Maui experience. And those yeah. guys were out on the on the reefs too. Um yeah, that was that was cool. Good good win there. I mean a lot of that was fun. A lot of um R and D. You know, I love to make boards and make things and then go ride them. And get, you know, get your own feedback and change things and tweak things. So it was super fun for that. I was doing a lot of that back then. Nice. Um, yeah. out, of, you, out of necessity were, too, I would think. Was it hard to come yeah. by um, equipment? Yeah, there wasn't. I mean, there was there was surf shops and stuff there, but it was expensive. But that was back when that kind of started in Charleston too. You'd start on a regular surfboard and then you'd like cut it foot off the nose and then keep yeah. cutting it down. <laughs> you know, just to get that swing weight and you, know, yeah. you didn't need so much float and all that. So you'd try and, you know, get them down small. Right. Doing a lot of that too. So I've done, I've always done a lot of that kind of stuff too. Ding repair and glassing and shaping and all that. So. Cool. Yeah. Nick and I were yeah. really into making prone boards for a minute. Um, yeah. Kind of need to get back into that. It's, it's so damn rewarding. You know, even if you're just it modifying is. existing, yeah, it is. But it's it's also time consuming, you know. And then they, <laughs> you spend so much time, and then finally get to it. But it is so it feels so great to ride what you've made. Yeah, for 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 me, it the uh, the board building like took me in a good direction because for me, like like even back in like the kite surfing, like 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 wave kiting days. Like, like for me, it was mostly about durability, right? I was like, yeah. I was, I was blowing through stuff, um, and like, and I was, 
I've, I've found the same thing with um, foiling, prone foiling. And my latest board is now three years old. Nice. Um, yeah, man. Which, which I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. So I, I'm personally trying to stay out of the shaving room as long yeah. as possible. <laughs> Dude, that's probably the longest living, you know, actively used foil board. It's, it's, like, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I get some miles on the old gal. <laughs> yeah that's pretty impressive because you're you you got your heart on them too right i mean you ride them hard and oh yeah <clears throat> uh, on them. <laughs> I, I run aground a lot i know that <laughs> well that that's the problem i have i've been making lots of foil boards and stuff but hitting ground and then you loosen up the bolts and then they break and then i just yeah. like i'll lose the whole setup just lost at sea off the bolts jeez oh, so when did you that's start my... foiling mike I think I I think that was uh that must have been because I left I came back from Guam in like 2016, it's probably like 2017 2018 or something like that. Okay. Kind of stuck with the you know got back into the surfboard thing on the kite, and you know you kind of get tired of that giant tack out to sea, you know kill yourself getting back in get like two hits and then you're back out to sea again, you know those big giant triangles and the foil just took all that away you know you're basically just hunting for that next wave going back out and then riding it and then looking for the next one out nice so but i am yeah. i'm actually now getting to the point where i'm i'm wanting to, to try the throne or probably wing next yeah i'm was... watching some instagram videos enticing me into that it looks really fun yeah and seeing you guys too what are you thinking? Um, I, I personally am just getting into the fun zone and it's, it's just yeah. like you said, like you're basically your tack is just waiting for the wave. Like you're really not yeah. tacking out to make up ground. You're just like trolling for a wave and happen to be going right. upwind. It's just, it, it's a lot more time in the fun zone for sure. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't even switch stance. Cause I'm just, I just want to get out to that next one and I'm hoping to not be on, you know, attack for more than 50 yards, a hundred yards or something. Yeah. yeah. So what's your well, plan for starting winging? What's your strategy? Uh, just got to do it. <laughs> I mean, I have a setup, <laughs> so I just got to get on it and do it. I kind of don't want to go through that struggle phase and times a little bit at a premium. So it's, you know, it's a lot easier to just go kite and get a session in and kind of scratch that itch, but yeah, it's getting a little bit stagnant. And like, you know, the kites have limitations. There's certain setups, you know, like a good strong southeast swell. And I kind of like that south-southwest wind because I kind of like to ride it back up into the wind. Uh -huh. And on the north side, yeah. I like to go right back up to the lighthouse because you can kind of get that Florida pump. You know, you get a little more. I don't really like to do the downwind down the wave on a kite, especially because you kind of run into it and then it falls on you. Yeah, so you like the slightly more onshore conditions, basically. A little more onshore. Yeah, so Nick, Nick likes that stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm the same way there. I, I really like that stuff. But, but I mean, you know, I, 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 do, I do find myself wondering on the wing, right, if, like, like, like for that stuff, right, for riding a wave upwind, if the wing is, like, any better a vehicle than the kite. 
because like 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 the thing the wing does way better is like drift downwind. But if you're riding yeah. a wave upwind, um, is it any better? Um, I, I, have I mean, a, I, I think that's where bit... I'm at. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I've got a little bit more capacity to like flag it. Um, yeah. and kind of like, like, like just luff it. Whereas like the kites kind of like always like pulling you a little bit, especially yeah. when you're going straight into the wind. Um, so I've got a little more capacity there. Um, and, and the tacks I can do winging are just different than the tacks I could do kiting. Like, mm. like, like kiting, I could tack heel to toe really easily. And winging, I could tack toe to heel really easily, mm. but I could never tack the other way kiting, and I can never tack the other way winging. So like it's I don't know it's it's, it's, it's very it's very similar limitations for me still. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think I think for you winging, like like if you get on the right equipment, you'll probably have the same experience I did, where it's the same sport. Yeah. Right. Like. Like, like I was a pretty proficient kite foiler back in the day. So like when I jumped on the wing, like I got up like that day and like that yeah. day I was doing like jibes and stuff because like it was right. the same sport. Yeah. Um, no, I can kind of see that. And I think, I mean, there are, the, there are some days that like that one I was describing that will be, I think for me more fun on a kite, but those are just, that's like the one in 10 day, you know? So I think there's, there's going to be more days on the wing where the wing makes more sense. Yeah. That that one, there's one perfect condition where I feel like the kite is helping you and you can basically totally turn it off. It's still got enough power to, to drift with you. And then you can get that little squirt of energy when you want to get around that next section. I think that's like the perfect scenario there, but those kind of days just aren't that many. Yeah. There's not that many like that. So I think there's more days on the wing where you just want to totally turn that thing off and, you know, then you can kind of pump and carve and go wherever you want, where you can't do that with the kite because you, you know, you run up under it and it dies. Yeah. I think so it's I think the wing being, looks being fun. ready for those days, you know, it's same with yeah. like comparing regular surfing, try to just stay right. in enough condition. So when it does get good, you're ready for it, you know? And for just having a van and full of gear literally means having the fucking shit in your van. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Van full of gear, man. That's what you that's the only way to go. I yeah, totally totally. Agree. I can't believe guys are like, I'm packing up. I'm like, what do you have to pack? I said, I'll be yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris is always doing it. He was like, oh. I know. Like, uh, yeah. I like, literally I, <laughs> I, there's no place in my life for my gear, like my wing gear. Like if I put it in the garage, I can't park my van in the garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, I think that's exciting. I, I definitely am not, I don't, I mean, I've seen the only wing, like Nick, I think I got a, like a 200 gong from you, a really old one. Yeah. Um, Which is a totally different shape. I mean, I'm on like stock slingshot infinity 76, which I freaking love that setup for what I'm doing. But I'm not sure if that really crosses over to wing or prone. It's really high aspect. It's well, probably. I don't know if you've heard us say it before, but Nick has everyone planned out for their gear. All you got to do is ask. Okay, I'll get <laughs> I'll get the uh, the wing doctor on it and yeah, and figure that out. But 
we'd love to have you out there man the downwinders yeah, are man. fucking insane too they're so fun um yeah yeah that that's where the wing seems like it'd be fun too on those downwinders totally yeah it's like take take 80 percent of the sketch out of doing a kite downwinder and yeah. um yeah it's just super fun yeah, the other, like the, um, <laughs> the other thing for me is the um the other thing for me is just the uh you know just by the nature of it the boards are a little bit bigger. So I, yeah. you know on a kite you can go really small which I really love cuz I'm kind of going for like skateboard sensations. You know, we spent a lot of time in like Kona Skate Park in Jacksonville which is big 80s carvy big giant pools and those kind of sensations I can feel that on the the foil board I'm riding that's you know really small like 28 inches or something long maybe 30 something um and I, I feel like maybe with the wing that's a little bit harder to come by just also because of my body weight but you're, you're going to be on a little bit bigger board wing yeah than... I think that's why these guys do these huge offset <clears throat> stances so they can have more rail to rail control on such a huge board is that right. is that why, Nick? I I I don't know. Maybe you know. But one thing I will say for the board size is learning. It's an advantage that yeah. that extra swing weight and stuff because it, right. it's, it it's like a mass dampener to the whole operation. Like yeah, that makes sense. Like like it it wants to like cruise and go straight and be mellow because you've got all that board under you and kind of as you like as as you progress and like and like want to scale down a board you're like more able to like deal with those uh like i don't know like quicker reactions and stuff like that um and you know like i'm i'm on a pretty small wing board now it's not like a sinker or anything but it's like i'm on like a 75 now and it's like I don't, I'm not, I'm not annoyed with the extra weight by any yeah. means. Um, it's a little bit of extra effort to like move the thing around, and I, I feel like I'm maybe a little more tired from like putting the extra energy into it. But like I think it's almost like I don't know, like a like a longer performance shortboard that, that you can just like throw energy into, and like yeah. you know, like I can like like throw energy into turns and stuff and like not not really worry so much about it being like like the perfect energy and like like making it perfect um i can i can i can i can muscle it around which is kind of nice what is the what's the mass length for the is it the same for wing and and prone or what are you guys riding for that we're riding the same the same gear for both um, yeah, I mean, I think right. ideally maybe a longer mast for your wing setup, but it's just more gear. Yeah, I, I don't end think, up I don't coming in super... pretty shallow too, winging, especially Nick. Yeah, well, like I think that I think that like depending on the discipline you want to go into, it might be a little yeah. different. But like, like, like if like I don't know, I feel like like the people are going from like a racing style kite foil where like they're like banking super hard and like want to be like hitting those super tight angles upwind and like going Mach 3 like they probably really want like a longer mast um yeah 
You know, and you might find that you want a longer mask because you're used to that tiny, <laughs> tiny board and yeah. a smaller, like, foil wing. So, like, you're probably, like, banking, like, a lot more aggressively over than, like, I am, like, from a pump, like, a more prone background where, like, I'm, I'm mostly, like, on top of the foil, like, pumping around. Um, so, I, I don't know. Yeah. You, you might find a longer mask to be good. I mean, but at the end of the day, like, I, I think it's, Right, like, I don't know. A short prone mass is seventy. I've winged on seventies, and a long prone mass is like eighty, and I've winged on that, and they're not drastically different. What's seventy? Is that like twenty four? Seventy is twenty six and a half. Okay. Eighty is thirty one and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I go. I mean, I. I cut my 24 down to 22 because that for one, it's like you're saying I hit ground a lot. So I want to be able to get in shallower, but I just, I like that feeling. I'm looking for that. Even going over a wave, I like to pump over the wave, like a, like a mogul pump, yeah. you know, on a okay. skateboard. Yeah. Which you, you know, Got that it. longer mass, you just kind of plow through that. I want to feel that up and the down and pump on the downstroke, like a dirt bike pumps a mogul or something. Yeah. Um, Cause it just feels good, <laughs> but, um, that's the sensation I'm looking for. And I think I can see that that'll translate to, to, you know, the wing and the, the prone. Yeah. yeah I, sure. I, I think the whole experience is going to translate for you. I think it's, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, for, as I said, for, for me, it's the same sport, like the yeah. wing and the kite, not even a different sport. Yeah. Um, it, it was that intuitive. Um, did you did you have to uh, ditch? You, you pretty much gave up all your kites, though, right? Well, did uh, you have to do that to. Well, well, so I gave up all my kite gear like two years before I started wing. Okay. It, oh, okay. That's when you were. It, boring, it, uh, it was because I was just, I was just proning so much, and I was finding myself like happy proning on windy days because there was like like more to do, and all yeah. my and all my kite gear had reached an age where. It was too sketchy to use anymore. Um, And I came to the realization that I just wasn't using it enough to be, like, skilled enough to be able to deal with, like, a really good windy day. Like, a 30-knot day. Like, all I've got is an 8-meter, right? So, like, like, I don't know. If you're not kiting those 12-meter days, um, you're trying to only kite eight meter day when it's blowing 30 you're gonna get your yeah. ass handed to you <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah, it's I don't know, that, that's why i made that call yeah <laughs> i yeah. mean i don't have a responsible i made the decision for me that i was it would be a more responsible thing for me to do but i don't, I don't know i don't yeah. think I don't, I, don't, I don't project those values onto other people <laughs> that's good yeah no, I think the kite is can be a little bit of a crutch. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to be more picky on the days I go kite. And try yeah, to, you know those those pretty high wind flat days are probably going to become wing days, like wing learning days. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and you'll be able to stick with a kite longer and better just just because like you've got some fresh equipment, right? Yeah. Like 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 a lot of the reason I. I had to be used and I've been yeah. like using it for years. Like I had like a seven year old kite or something like that. 
It, yeah. it was it was very old, so I made the decision that like this is this is sketchy. I'm I'm done. Well, it, yeah. I mean, there's so many connection points and things that can fail. I mean, it, it all starts going on you. It, yeah. That's a problem I'm having. Just constantly, you know, break your your trim line, break your flying lines, break your bridles. All of that, you know, equals a swim. Yeah. Um. Uh. In a swim, dealing with all that spaghetti, which is. Yeah. Much, much, much sketchier than swimming with a wing. Um, what about but, like, um, like side offshore? What, how do you handle that with winging and all that? Are those manageable? Like, how do you can you swim all that gear back in? With your, can you tuck your wing behind your feet and paddle in like you would with a kite? Um, I've never done it, but I saw yeah. these people on Folly like at the county park winging and like the wind turned hard offshore yeah like hard like straight offshore like a storm rolled yeah. in and they uh scared the bejesus out of me because i was like oh no they're gone <laughs> but yeah. they somehow got back on foil and tacked upwind and swam the last little bit once they got close so you you, you can swim into the wind with it was that a thunderstorm Wind switch, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know. I think I remember that day. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was a pretty dramatic switch in direction and and speed. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah I kind of uh, thought winging would unlock those side off days, like the the post frontal west wind days that we would kite, but they were pretty gnarly and pretty sketchy. Right. Um. Mm -hmm. But it just hasn't. I don't. It, because the kite, the wind direction just doesn't matter as much. Like right. I don't know why, but you know you don't need that side off condition to drift that wing. You can drift the wing behind you, you yeah. know, on on in onshore conditions or side on. So, because I really thought I'm like, oh shit, now we can like, we can wing the the post frontal cleanup stuff, right? But uh, it's it's just not as fun as just your regular. Yeah, I hear you. day. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 I don't know. The wing's really good for that regular old, regular old sea breeze. Nothing fancy. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the high wind days are just like, usually there's too much swell for me to even think about getting out there with all that shrapnel. Last time I tried, yeah. I went over the falls like with the board and the wing all mixed up. I came up and my wing had a huge hole torn in it and the bladders were all empty. Oh god. Um, and was lucky to that not sucks. be hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I but I don't know, that that that's one thing. I I, I think I think winging with straps has helped me on those big gnarly days. Um being strapped. Um and I don't know. I I am also very careful on those days. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, once you get outside, it's all good. It's just yeah. fun. But and that's pretty easy to do if there's an inlet around. You know, you can tack up in the inlet, get started in the inlet or something, and then get on the channel. Yeah. Well, sweet boys. Um, it's kind of a short yeah. one, but we're all on our lunch breaks. I gotta if I can get back to it. Anything else, Nick? Fine. Um, is there, I mean, oh God, there's so much, uh, um, <laughs> what are you guys thinking about next week? Oh, I was going to travel, um, oh, yeah. but it looks like it might be one of the few times where Charleston's a better place to be. 
Um, yeah. I've surfed a bunch the last, um, this last kind of run of waves. I'm just getting yeah. back in the water after messing my knee up. So I'd be excited to get some more actual waves. But yeah, yeah. I think it might be too big to go up to the Outer Banks or something. What do you guys think? I, I, I haven't looked at the forecast at all. I have no <laughs> idea. I didn't even know there was something out there. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a pretty good storm just creeping across the Atlantic right in our no window. Way. No way. Nice. Yeah, it looks good. What are you going to do, Mike? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to definitely be a good swell generator based on the current track. Yeah. A lot of people get pretty excited about 15 seconds swell around here, but it can be pretty well, disappointing. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that too long? Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's what happened this last one a little bit, right? It, yeah. But this last yeah. one at the higher tides, I mean, I'm just happy to get to my feet. I honestly don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not even surfing. So, but yeah. Yeah, you know, those bar. pipe the palm. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was one or two magical ones last year that this might seems like it was a similar track. So yeah, unfortunately, everyone knows about it. Yeah. yeah. Anytime the period is over twelve seconds, I get a little disappointed because I really want to be foiling, but I know I'm going to get shamed into actually surfing. <laughs> yeah, um, and, 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 and I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm just not good at it anymore. Yeah, I was never good at it to begin with, but like I'm definitely not good at it now. <laughs> yeah, so Surfing's hard, man. Yeah, my plan is work a bunch this week and then play it by ear. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Get it all out of the way. All right, boys. Speaking cool. of that, get back to it. Let's do back it. Mike, thanks for coming on, <laughs> yeah. man. Hey, Mike, so what thank you, man. What do you, you? Where are you right now? You didn't actually say, other than you're in your car. Well, I was actually in the lab today, which is really close to where I think you are in the old naval shipyard. There, uh-huh. I can see your shop from where I go into my lab. So I'm just kind of across the that big dirt mound. Whatever yeah, they're cool. doing over there. Okay. Um. Yep. Just kind of like a cybersecurity lab kind of thing that that i manage so down there a couple of days a week and then otherwise at home okay nice. so it works out good yeah nice all right man yeah. well thanks for coming on we really appreciate it yeah thanks yeah, for having me guys yeah i haven't seen you in a while see you out in the water okay yes yeah, yeah, see, see you out of the spot man <laughs> later all right check take it easy bye later